0: Welcome to our second season of Shooting the Breeze. This time, we're casting our net wider. We're going to be talking to inspiring athletes, amazing coaches, and behind the scenes trailblazers from across the women's basketball landscape. As we start the run up to another WNBL season and the FIBA Women's World Cup being held right here in Sydney, this is a great time to be a fan of Australian women's basketball. Don't forget to subscribe and be the first to know when we have more Hoops goodness headed your way.
1: But I just feel like I've evolved into just like an up level of bunts, you know, like an up level to bring back to basketball. And I I guarantee you my experience will really help people in the sporting world too. And not just, like you know, from a player's point of view, but from just being a mum, being a person who's experienced a little bit of life outside the bubble that an athlete's naturally in.
0: Jumping into our latest podcast it's Alex Bunton and there is no doubting her joy in coming back to the game she loves. Sharing some of her life's journey Bunts levels up as she returns to the UC Caps for a highly anticipated home and away WNBL season along with more new mums in the league than ever before. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze joining me and my co-host Jacinta Gavind. today it's Alex Bunton Bunce, it's great to see you again, and it's really great to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. It's good to be uh, back in the limelight again. (laughs) (laughs) Or the blue light with the UC caps.
2: I know, back
1: where it all started.
0: (laughs) Back where it all started. I mean, look, I'm really excited to see you back in the sport. I think one of the last things that you did with us, you actually sat in on one of the one of the game commentaries for the games we were streaming for the Flames out of Brighton Stadium.
1: Yeah, I did. What was that? Two years ago now, two thousand, started two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was really cool. That was good.
1: Yeah, I, my parents keep telling me that I should do commentating, but when it comes to basketball, I struggle to watch the game but also talk at the same time. I'm just so concentrated <laughs> on watching people and what they do.
0: <laughs> what you got to do is you got to think about it as like as if you were sitting on the couch with a bunch of friends and you're talking, you're not calling the game, you're talking about the game.
1: Yeah, like to help them understand this is what's happening. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's it.
1: Honestly, that
2: was my approach when I started commentating Flames Games with Paul. People would give me nice feedback at the end and I was like, oh, thanks, because, yeah, I just feel like I'm just talking with a friend. Um, Yeah. Whatever I say makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, look, great.
0: I'll just keep doing that if that's what's exactly. working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bunce, look, obviously a lot of people know you and have seen you play in the past, but there are going to be people who are listening who don't know you. So I just want to, want to touch a little bit on, you know, your basketball journey and, you know, what you've been doing. And also, you know, honestly, I've also got to say, That final season that you were playing, from my point of view, you were having so much fun. Uh You really just was enjoying yourself. Yeah. Let's just go over a little bit about, you know, your journey to getting into basketball and and how you've got to where you are.
1: Well, my dad was in the Air Force and he actually got uh, posted to Canberra when I was in year five, five, six, and... I didn't really do sport. I was the complete opposite. I was, I played the flute. (laughs) I sang in a choir. (laughs) I was into drawing. I was just this arty girl who just didn't have, not no interest in sport, but just because we travelled so much. I didn't get to do much involvement with things, like nothing was permanent. And then I went to high school and I started to get taller and taller and the PE coach was like, hey, you should start basketball you're really tall and I was like oh you know great okay cool and <laughs> the typical like hey you're tall and um <laughs> yeah it was just school basketball and we played down in Tuggeranong here in Canberra and I just fell in love with it because of the social aspect of it I loved the fact that everyone was cheering for everyone it was you know you can make friends that you wouldn't really make friends with you know going through school they were complete opposite of me and then fortunate enough I was just really good at what I was doing. Like I was just like naturally talented, which was really cool. I wasn't that uncoordinated. And I just kept going up and up and up. And before I knew it, after school basketball, it was ACT rep basketball. And then it went into being noticed by Phil Brown from the AIS program. And he asked me if I would come along for just a training, like a train-on scholarship, nothing permanent, just to see how I would fit in. And I think it was three months of that and then by the end of 2009 I was offered a, a full scholarship and that's where the basketball just started to get pretty intense and more like more real for me so that was that was the beginning of it and um, yeah obviously went to WNBL after that but also I was involved in the under, first under 17 world squad which was really cool for me and then I went to under 19s and it's almost a bittersweet thing because I just kept getting better. I kept ticking off, you know, those uh, milestones. So just on that pathway to the Opals or playing international basketball, you know, WNBL, And um, I was offered to go over to um, college. I was going to hopefully go maybe to Stanford. and But at that time, college basketball wasn't really the pathway to make the Opals. Like it wasn't a thing back then for my age group. And... I decided to turn that down and um, go into the WNBL and, yeah, it just kept going.
2: And <laughs> remind me again who was in that under-17 Australian team, like who else was
1: your era? Um, back then we had Gretel Tippett there. Do you remember? She plays basketball now. Gretel Tippett was in there, Taylor Roberts, Sarah Blitz-Arbs, uh Tessa Laby. I'm trying to think. That was so long ago. I think Maddie Garrett. Was it Maddie? No, they were the age above me. Yeah, I can't remember exactly who was in that team with those girls. So was um anyone who was it was there was like a really fine line, especially in the AIS group who were under nineteens and who were under seventeens, and obviously it was like the first God, that was that's a big question that was a long
2: time <laughs> lots, lots of um prominent players that you still see now in the WMBL and you mentioned
1: yeah.
2: uh Levy and
1: Blissaves who were in the recent Olympic team too. So
2: Yeah. Coming from good crop.
1: Yeah, really it was. And it was really cool because that bunch of girls, we just kept growing together. I mean, we kept making the squads and you were just surrounded by familiar faces, but you also got to see everyone get better at the same time, which was really cool. And then obviously they were either your teammates or your rivalries. And even now, you know, going back into it, they're all the girls that I grew up with because I went in at the age of 15. So I'm 28 now and that's a long time.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, just listening to that, and your journey and the teams you've been in and the people you've played with, that's just really astounding. And the thing is, there's so many people that are still going to be in the WNBL this season that you've played with. It's going to get real interesting, like you said, some of those rivalries.
1: Yeah, I um, even being out of it for the past two years, it's coming back to be in an area where it's so familiar you know I'm still going to be against you know the girls I call them girls because I feel like I grew up with them you know they're women obviously you know amazing women but you know they're the bunch of girls that I know and the only people you don't really know are the younger girls coming up or an import but it's nice it's like a real community it's not like you you don't see a familiar face which is going to be nice to come back to you
0: know you you've played in the WNBL obviously overseas and You've also pulled on the green and gold for the World Cup where you got the silver. Yeah. You took some time out coming back to Canberra. How are you feeling about getting back to the game now and also, you know, rejoining the Caps and, like you said, where it all began?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a whole new world for me. Obviously, I'm a single mum now with my beautiful daughter, Opal. And. It's, it's a whole different feeling, like even though I touch base on being familiar, like me coming into it being a mum, you know, the past two years, like my identity changed. I became a mum. My life went on a different pathway and being able to come back to basketball, it just, it's a beautiful feeling because I'm coming back to something that I know that I'm good at and that I know that can progress, but also I get to show my daughter the, the world that I was involved in and what shaped me as a person and what gave me meaning in, you know, most of my life. So coming back is just this surreal feeling that I didn't know that. It's not like I didn't think that it was possible, but I didn't know that it would come so quickly or it would come at a time where I was truly ready for it to be presented to me. So it's just going to be... A roller coaster because it's unknown having a daughter, <laughs> and she knows she's 19 months old now, and it's going to be my organization skills are going to have to be on point. But to involve her with that and to have that, you know, playing a game but having a different meaning to it, you know, I want to do my daughter proud now. Like that's something really special, I think, for me to have that mindset and to want to do really well for her, not just myself.
2: Because will this essentially be your daughter's first real introduction as well to the basketball community?
1: Yeah, she hasn't been around it. Um, I've been isolated up on a small coastal mid-north town and, um, you know, I picked up a basketball one day and I was like, maybe it's time to show her, you know, what I'm good at. And um, But it was just, you know, her and I. So, yeah, she hasn't been involved with basketball. She hasn't met any of my, you know, good friends from basketball. She hasn't met any coaches. She hasn't been in a stadium with lots of people screaming and shouting. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a whole new world for her, which is, um be good for her because she loves to socialise and be around people. So I'm excited for that.
2: And maybe all the more special that the first club she and community she's introduced to is your hometown team and the UC Caps have a good reputation for having such a loyal and committed fan base. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like a really perfect introduction for Opal as well.
1: Yeah, and they're really good with involving – you know, women with their kids. Um, Obviously, Carly Wilson has a little girl and I think that was something that Gory really addressed with me that we want to welcome not just you but your daughter as well and we're here to support both of you, uh, which is something was, you know, obviously so important because as much as I love basketball, Opal comes first, then basketball. So it's nice to be in an environment where it's accepted like we're a package.
0: (laughs) In terms of coming back to the Caps, who made the first approach? Did Gori come to you? Did you go to Gori? Was it, <laughs> was it some, some combination of the two?
1: I think it started from me posting on my social media about uh, my fitness and uh, my interest in basketball because I went into Kmart one day, bought a basketball for myself and bought a little one for Opal was shooting some hoops and I thought I'm not too bad like it's been a while but I'm not like this is like familiar for me this is great and I think Gory obviously saw that other people saw it so it sparked interest in people and it sparked interest in me too without me saying anything I thought oh like this could be a reality again but in my head I was thinking that like you know, no one's really going to take interest. And they don't know what I've been doing. I've been absent for two years. And, yeah, Gory just texted me one day and said, can we have a chat? And we've spoken every now and then just as, you know, friends and to see what we're up to and just touch base in life. So I didn't really think, like, it could be a call to play. <laughs> I didn't know it would be that. But at the same time, I was like, I'm ready if he asks me. Like, like I'm excited. Like, I'll be prepared. And, yeah, he just asked me what I was up to and if I'd be interested in um, coming back to play. And it was a really respectful conversation about understanding where I've been and what I've been through and my body and having a daughter. And it was a conversation to say, hey, I want you to come play if you want, but I also don't want you to retire at the end of this season, so we want to help you create an opportunity to start your career again and see how you go. And that was like just music to my ears. I was like, this is an opportunity that like not a lot of people would get. And I couldn't say no.
2: Yeah. It sounds like he came with a bit of understanding as well. And um, yeah, you know, and hopefully no pressure.
1: And that's the thing. That's like the, the I have this calm feeling about coming back to basketball because obviously I'll put natural pressure on yourself for being an athlete. Like I'll get that white line fever. You'll start again. You'll get that taste for wanting to win, wanting to battle, wanting to be, you know, great. But I have that stress-free, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. I'm just going to be present. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to play my part, but also still take care of myself. And that's something that's really, really important where, In my career before, it was all about that catch-up game for me, obviously, because of my injuries and, you know, being present, having to perform, um, wanting to continue to be on court, not off court. Like, there was just so much going on where now, like, I have clarity and I have a meaning and I have focus and... I feel a lot wiser (laughs) and I just I kind of know I can see my pathway and I can see what I want and I can see how I should get there and what the smart way would be to do that. So yeah, those two years have aged me in a good way.
2: I don't think people realise either when you're a very competitive basketball player and you take a significant break off, like in basketball years, two years is a long time to take a break. Yeah. And then you all of a sudden, get a ball back in your hands, and you go <laughs> shoot hoops down the road. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much something that small can awaken something that big inside you. Like,
1: oh, yeah. And it was an outdoor court. Like, it was windy a lot of the time, like being on a coastal basketball court outside. And I just thought, I loved it. I loved the, the feeling of I took time, I didn't put any stress on myself to you know, play basketball again or go shoot hoops. You know, people always they always ask me, you know, have you you know, shot some hips or do you want to go shoot hoops? You used to play basketball. I threw out my basketball shoes. I had this, you know, this horrible relationship thinking it was over for me. I really did. And I thought, you know, I just got to take care of myself. I've got to figure out, you know, my new identity. I struggled with that for a little bit thinking, you know, I was just an athlete. What am I now? Even though I had a beautiful daughter, like it was, Basketball was such a huge part of my life and the way it ended wasn't the way I wanted it to end. So, yeah, being able to pick up a basketball and go, oh, my gosh, I love this game and, like, feel that love again, like, that was amazing. It was like a surreal – I filmed it. I was like (laughs) – it was great.
0: (laughs) I mean, and you've just touched on this. You've gone under the radar for a couple of years. You know, you, you announced that you were retiring, you disappeared for a while, and you've come back. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I'm really curious to find out what have you learned about yourself, apart from what you've just told us, and what's guided that for you? Because, you know, two years, daughter, everything's changed, but I know I'm still seeing lots of the old bunts,
1: <laughs>
0: Right. but there's been changes as well, which is really obvious. So I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, well, past two years it hasn't been a smooth roller coaster for me. Obviously, um I'm a single mum, so the first year was really hard with a, a breakup for me with my ex-partner. And that showed me a lot about myself and how strong I am as an individual with everything aside. And that taught me that not only on a basketball court am I resilient and I can handle adversity, but in life as well. And it taught me a lot about my mental health it taught me a lot about my emotions and to really not give up on anything in my life and i felt like i became more mature i felt like i i was awakened in a different way because i had responsibility with my daughter and that just guided me to a point of really appreciating life for what it is you know I was I was became humble I became even not that I wasn't before but I just had this realization of everything that was going on in the crazy world with myself with you know COVID I found happiness (laughs) and as cheesy as it sounds like finding happiness and really being kind to myself I could really discover my pathway back to basketball I just took care of myself. It was just this beautiful sense of I wanted to be independent, so I did move away from my family to look after my daughter. I wanted to see what life had to offer away from basketball as well because it's all I knew for 12 years, 11 years. And I really just wanted to discover what or who Alex Bunton was. And because, you know, everyone knows me for Bunts, you know, people call me Bunts, but like, who's Alex Bunton? What else does she love? What else can she offer this world? Who who can she help? Who can she be an inspiration for away from sport? And I found that and I met people and I, I touched other people who weren't athletes. I I inspired them in ways that I didn't know I had and That has brought me back to a different person now. But I just feel like I've evolved into just like an up level of bunts, you know, like an up level to bring back to basketball. And I I guarantee you my experience will really help people in the sporting world too. And not just like, you know, from a player's point of view, but from just being a mum, being a person who's experienced a little bit of life outside the bubble that an athlete's naturally in. So yeah, two years, I've just, I feel like I've grown up a little bit and I see the world differently. Sounds like you flourished, not just grew up a little bit. Yeah, honestly, like I just, I have this energy now, like it's hard, especially when you're playing sport to see outside of that tunnel vision of, you know, like you're dedicated, you do everything you need to do to be the best you can be. And you don't want anything to come into that tunnel. You, you know, you try to block out stress or you push it away or any other problems, you don't bring it into that, you know, into your little tunnel vision. But I've just learned, like, your tunnel vision doesn't need to be so narrow, even if you're an athlete. So coming into, you know, being an athlete again, um, I did touch base with this with Gauri end of last year. We caught up for coffee. And I really wanted to help people with emotional and mental fitness within sport. You know, being able to handle your mental side and emotional side with things will 100% help you with your game and the way you approach how you look after yourself. And that was really big for me because a lot of people, you know, who get injured, you know, your mental side goes down or something happens in your life, your mental side goes down. And um, and then your emotional side kicks in and people can't handle their emotions because everything, you know, hounds on them and there's an expectation. So that was something that I really was big on for a while. And I think I can bring that wisdom and guidance back into the game.
0: There's a lot of, I mean, there's a number of players who are coming back who are new mums like yourself. Yeah. Do you think that the WNBL has become easier or has become more accommodating for mums in terms of, you know, supporting the mother with their kids and being around the sport and not making it as hard as it used to be?
1: Yeah, it's um, that's the thing. When I had Opal, also my mentality around going back to sport was like, oh, it's not really uh, accepted is the wrong word and or welcome, but it just wasn't familiar for people to go, oh, you're a mum and you play sport still. It was like once you have kids, like it, that was a post-sport thing that was something you did when you finished your career and yeah, it's amazing now to see how it's welcomed because also the the women who have kids push themselves and then go further and take that next step to bring themselves back to be able to play sport. You know, that's huge. And it's so, it's so humbling to see that it's not foreign. It's not a like, Oh, you've got a kid, you're any less than you were. It's like, Oh great. You have a kid, bring them along. Like, that's amazing.
2: It challenges that old school idea of women can't have careers and families, which you yeah. can see in every other industry other than like sports and um, female athletes. Yeah. Um, but now that whole idea is completely challenged where it's like, well, no, why can't we do both? You know, it should be yeah. our, our choice
1: and our, you know, circumstance if we choose if we want to do both. Yeah, and you shouldn't be looked at any differently. And, you know, obviously it's on you to be able to put your body on the line for it and know that you're prepared for it but yeah I think it's great that there's an opportunity there for people it's the doors open it's not closed
2: and I can't quite remember if it was the Olympics or perhaps a World Cup qualifier recently where there was a national player for another team who brought their child kid with them because they were still breastfeeding <laughs> that's great <laughs> that's, that's amazing playing and I was like that's yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Your strength. That's some Beyonce caliber strength. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think of Yana Pittman. I don't know if you've seen her recently. Um, she was on the SAS show six yeah, yeah. months after she had a kid. Wow. I was like, that is amazing. I was like, that's an inspiration. <laughs> and is she a dual
2: Olympian as well? Is she because she was a yeah. lot and then
1: and, and she's a doctor now too. I know, (laughs) saying these standards, the bar's really high, guys. (laughs) It's just, yeah, whatever you want to do, you can go and do it. Exactly, yeah, there's no limits. You only put limits on yourself. Yes, exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, just listening to you guys talking about that, and one of the things I was thinking about was when we first got involved with the WNBL several years ago, I'm not going to go into how many it's been, (laughs) right? but I remember Rahani Cox was playing for – Yes. For the Flames. And then it was kind of different because she had a young daughter and and she would be coming to practice with her and, and, you know. But then over the years I was noticing that that was becoming more a regular thing, a more normalised thing. Yeah. But at the very beginning it was like that was a really unique situation.
1: funny you say that because I babysat her daughter when I was at the AIS and she was on an OSTAN. (laughs) Yeah. So Carly Mirvich or Carly Ernst now and I would go across the road to the old AIS um, accommodation and she had like a little apartment area there and we babysit her daughter while she went to training. Wow. Carly is
2: also someone who's recently had a baby.
1: Yes, I know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Carly's actually the godmother of Opal. Wow. So, um, when she, I'm so upset that I can't visit her, obviously, because of COVID. But, um, he's gorgeous, little Kylan. He was a big baby. He's very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. To be fair. Yes. You know what? It's funny though. Being a tall woman, I don't feel tall. Like I just, you know, other people obviously see you for what you are. But like me, I'm just like I'm just you know, the average person. So when I was pregnant and I had Opal. I was like, oh, you know, she's not that big, is she? And everyone's just like, Oh yeah, no, she's not big. She's she's gorgeous. I'm she she's huge. <laughs> and they're like, Look at you. <laughs> I'm like, Oh that, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Even like when you say you're you don't feel tall, I mean I'm guessing like when you used to go shopping in Belcon and Mall, yeah. um, playing, you know, in your it for the caps back in the day, I'm sure people would be like, Oh, that girl's really tall. Oh yeah. look, it's Bunts, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then what was that like, you know, in your time off? You said you moved away from your family into a small, you know, far north coastal town. You got to be anonymous again.
1: It was actually really cool. I didn't tell people I played basketball.
2: Yeah.
1: It got out because there was just this one old, old man and he obviously loved his sport. And I was walking down to the park one day. And I've been there for a couple of months. And I just, not that I didn't want to tell people of my achievements, but I just, you know, it was just never a topic that I had to speak about. I got actually got to have conversations that weren't sport, which was amazing. And he goes one morning, I said hi to him every morning, which is really cool too, to be in a town where you everyone's familiar. And then you say Hi. And he goes, I Googled you. <laughs> and then I said, did you? And he's like, you want a silver medal? And he told me everything that he saw on Google. And then the whole town knew that I played basketball. And it was kind of a nice introduction because I didn't have to talk about myself. And then from then on, all the kids down at the basketball courts would come down when they see me on the courts and want to shoot with me. And I had parents come up to me and said, oh, they love you and Opal. Thank you so much, you know, for shooting with them and doing this and doing that. I was like, yeah, no worries. And it was almost like a great progression to introduce me back to basketball. It was a really nice, you know, family way of doing it.
2: So, yeah, that sounds really nice where you got to exercise how you're talking about identity before. Um, exercising identity outside of basketball and really shaping who you are away from basketball, Um, just being like a regular person going to say g'day to old mate in the morning.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and it was also funny though because I'd find myself in the gym, the only way I needed to train was basketball-wise, like what I've learnt from basketball. So I'd be doing things, almost preparing myself, to play basketball. So it's kind of all worked out because I didn't know what else to do. Like I'd be in the gym, I wouldn't lift normally. I'd, you know, do powerlifting or um, my jumps would be what I've, like, learned from AIS times or, like, any strength and conditioning coach from other teams. So it kind of all aligned to coming back to basketball because I was subconsciously preparing myself <laughs> from what I was already doing. But it's really nice. I like that you
2: got the opportunity to... Uh, You can still hold on to your roots of basketball and still uh, appreciate all the things that basketball provides outside of like a a career and the great experiences of representing your team. Like how you spoke about before, like your, you know, friendships that you made. So you're still, you know, great friends with Kylie Ernst and you have kids together and then, you know, like being mums and stuff together. So um, it's a really nice example of what else basketball can provide other than sport.
1: Yeah, and I guarantee, you know, I didn't stay in touch with absolutely everyone, but I know that when I bump into someone, it'll be that refreshing, you know, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, but it's like a genuine thing because you've known them for so long. And social media obviously keeps you in touch with people, but it's going to be nice to have face-to-face conversations (laughs) with people I haven't seen for a while.
0: I'm curious about how everybody that you know has reacted to you coming back. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I know that when we heard that you were coming back, I was like, awesome, that's really great. For that. yeah. Because, again, it comes back to I saw you having so much fun playing that, you know, it's, it's great to watch. As a fan, it's fantastic to watch someone really having so much fun playing. Yeah. You know? So I'm just curious, what sort of reaction have you had to coming back?
1: It's been overwhelmingly amazing because people – Not that I got myself into a mindset that nobody cared, but it was almost like, all right, you know, my time was done. Two years, as you said before, is a long time out of the sport. And to have people who didn't just talk about, you know, my injuries because I did have to retire because I didn't want to, you know, completely ruin my body. But to have people compliment me and going, wow, look how far you've come. Or like, wow, I'm so excited to see you back. And not even mention my injuries or not even mention like the past anything, but just to be genuinely happy for me is just great. The only person who asked me about my knees was my dad. And that came from a, a caring parent worrying, you know, are you sure you're going to be okay? And it was actually so nice to be able to say I'm better than I was before. Like physically I have no pain. And if you asked me that two years ago, even when I was playing in Sydney, yeah I was having a great time and my basketball was turning a corner like I was you know in loving it but I was pain. so to come back now and have no pain it's like a whole new level so like it all incorporates I say it's overwhelming because I'm like it's just like everything feels so positive like I just have this energetic like positivity every day and even though I'm in quarantine like I'm still enjoying the fact like all right it's starting soon I'm gonna get out like there's that Excitement, and I don't think that's going to die off anytime soon.
2: It's a strong anticipation.
1: Yeah, and like before, when we said, you know, there's no pressure, but like I'm pain free, and that's something that I haven't been able to say for a long, long time.
2: Wow! So it sounds like, yeah, I'm really excited now. You've pumped me up some yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Is it like? It just sounds like you've got such a positive mindset, and um, to hear yeah. that you're pain free is like fantastic because. I mean, that would be even more of a mood booster for you going back into a a full season.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't realise how much my body just needed to heal and how much it needed to rest. And I was saying before, I was playing catch-up all the time. You know, I was injured, I was not injured, I was injured, I was not injured. And that also mentally too, that's crazy, like it took a toll. So to be able to just like flick that reset button and be kind to myself care of myself like that first year I didn't push myself to go back to the gym I just went for walks I started Pilates I did low low pressure things through you know offloading I really thought about you know if I wanted to take care of myself what do I need to do and then when I started that stuff in the gym and you know I'd go that next step I'd start to do box jumps I'd start to do some running and I'd start to shoot hoops and I'd start to do post moves and I'd but oh gosh like this is actually I'm waiting for the pain and it's not there. Mm. And that's like crazy. Like it's hard to explain to people like how everything I did was monitored around how much pain I'd be in or how much swelling I'd have. But I've been doing everything for what almost a year now and I've got no pain.
2: Wow. Cuz like yeah. you said you started at the institute at 15, which is now yep. Center of Excellence. Yeah. Um so essentially since you were 15 for a solid decade yeah. were training and like a truly an elite athlete under an elite scholarship program, national programs for a solid decade. But the interesting thing is we grew up in that kind of culture where like that's the norm. Yeah. And um, it's almost like a survival of the fittest where if you're able to maintain that workload. I feel like growing up there wasn't enough emphasis on recovery yeah. compared to what there is now. Um, yeah, you grow up in that kind of uh, kind of culture where it's like, yeah, you've got to withstand the workload, survival of the fittest, you know, if you can get the least amount of injuries, who's still left on top to make, you know, yeah. teams, but it just shows the value of rest.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I reflecting back on my career, I didn't say it enough and I didn't encourage it enough to people that even when you were injured, like I got better at something else. And that's what kept me going. I was so determined because I thought, it's all right. My knees are going to get fixed. Like I'm having surgery or I'm rehabbing for a reason or I'm resting for a, re- resting <laughs> for a reason. And it's always a chance to improve something else. And I think that's what helped me go because it is survival of the fittest and you don't want to be not playing. You know, you're, you're pushed to the side until you're back on. And that's one of the hardest things to cope, you know, from being a young woman. <laughs> to to have to get, find that for yourself going all right don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, and that's why I said before that world championship um worth it was like my motto because I'm making every little thing that I do worth it, and that's what kept me going because it's hard like it's a it was a battlefield for me <laughs> you know eleven years like having some pretty major knee surgeries, but yeah, when the past two years I go, all I needed to do was have some rest and let my body do it's a wonderful thing of healing and it did let it do what it was built to do yeah exactly there's only so much that uh, you know surgery can fix or you know you always want to come back on court a little earlier than the doctors tell you but be kind to yourself and that's what i did
0: you know coming back one of the things that really i'm curious about is you know what you're walking into okay it's the wnbl it's a tough competition Having been away from it for a couple of years, how do you prep yourself mentally for you know what you know is coming?
1: I'm not going to lie. I've had some moments of like, I won't say anxiety, but like the stress of going, oh, no, like will I be good enough again? Like, you know, will can I meet that level, like the competition? People grow. People get better. But I've just learned to calm my mind and go, I'm meant to be here. I I've done this before, and I will only get better with the more practice and the more involvement and, you know, throw myself in the deep end and not learn how to swim because I know how to swim, but just take it as it comes. And I know that there's going to be people who are going to probably school me for the first, you know, in trainings, like pre-season, but I'm ready for it because that's all about learning and that's all about getting better. And I'm not going to be the same as I was because in my mind, I want to be better. I want to come back and I want to move better. I want to challenge myself. I want to take on everything that I've missed out on that two years. It's an opportunity to learn again. And it's an opportunity for me to take it in from other players who've still been playing. So I'm not scared. I'm not nervous. I'm just like this in the middle of like excited and I'm ready for it. <laughs> like come at me. I'll take it. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> and you won't be the same as before uh, because I feel like you're two different people. Yeah. So you're going back to something that you know very well, and that you grew up with, and that you're that is a big part of you. But you're going back as, like you said, a
1: a leveled up version of. Yeah, I really do, and it's like it's going to be amazing. Like even just my, it's almost like a clarity of wanting to my brain craving that um, professionalism again, and that absorbing that information because it was off on a different track on the past few years you know my mind's been being a mum and going through other things in my life and being able to bring that focus back to something and being able to learn again like i'm excited so there's no downfall for me there's no negatives it's just going to be challenges are going to be like yeah, i'm ready
0: let's just go something totally different yeah <laughs> what does alex bunton do in her downtime obviously, yes, a lot of your time gets taken up with Opal, but what do you do for yourself?
1: I love to cook and I love to bake. So eating. (laughs) No, I do. I really love to cook and I love to bake. And my downtime lately in the past two years, I've tried to be more, it's going to sound really um, hippie-ish, but like more one with the earth kind of thing. Like I, I love to garden. I love to just be that plain and simple, like take an interest in something else. I've also started my own business, which is really, I didn't think that I I wasn't capable of it, but didn't think that I'd do something like as a hobby. So that's like kind of kicking off hopefully after the end of this year. But I'm really boring. I just, I've loved to spend time listening to people, like meeting new people, you know, going down to the coffee shop every morning with Opal was my go-to because I'd learn about people. I'd listen to old people and their lives. I'd meet new people who come in who are from somewhere in Australia who's been trapped, you know, in this area because of COVID. Like I got to actually sit down and learn about people and that's what I've really been doing for the past couple of years, like just putting my focus off like that me, me, me athlete feeling and learning about the outside world and what it has to offer and other people. So that's my downtime, coffee and storytelling. That's very grounding and wholesome. It really is. That's why I mean like one with the earth, that kind of feeling, because like I feel like I've just had – I never got to do that. And I also realised how I felt I didn't have a lot of knowledge about other things. Like it's – good, you know, I didn't really look outside sport. And because I was so focused on wanting to be a certain thing, I had goals, I had, you know, my career path set in front of me and I didn't really give time, not for other people, but just like to listen to others or to go, you know, swimming in a creek that, you know, on my day off or like, you know, just doing random things that felt really grounding. And I never got to do that. So that's, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> it's the payoff when you...
2: Uh, have the path of a professional athlete and you are provided with, you know, lifetime opportunities. Um, but then it's sometimes a sacrifice that you don't have the opportunities of having, you know, the the simple pleasures of life of like uh, having your own raised garden bed and watching that. Yeah. Fail and succeed, or <laughs> you know, taking time to go to a coffee shop, and you don't feel like you have to be rushed because you're on a schedule to yeah. to weights, and then make sure you eat at this time for training at this time, and yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't allow yourself sometimes those extra opportunities to explore other hobbies and stuff until yeah. you slam on the brakes on basketball and kind of stop and look around a little bit.
1: Yeah, and just being able to make friends too, like being able to just relate to people on different levels, not just sport. You know, I got to go to markets and I bought pot plants and succulents. And, you know, how did I kill a succulent? I'll never know. But I, had to, I got one. <laughs> I got one and I was like, this is great. Like, I can actually have something and I'm not traveling and it can grow inside my house. <laughs> which is something I just didn't get the opportunity to do before.
2: I was going to say, don't feel bad about your succulent because I put in an underground worm farm. So <laughs> in my backyard. It looks like it's on a, a slant and it looks more like a World War II replica that's landed in your garden. <laughs> in <the> backyard, <laughs> what it's supposed to be. So it's the journey, not the destination.
1: It is. And the lady told me, she's like, you can't kill these. I was like, great. I've never really had plants. Like I haven't had, you know, my own place to have something. And it died. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, did you? And I went back to her because I was like, I love the, like she recycled these timber things and I wanted another one. And um, she asked me what happened. She asked me how did it die. And I said I have no idea. And I was like, maybe it was the plants you gave me. I don't know. (laughs) But it was great. yeah, Yeah. Grounding the perfect explanation. That's what I've been doing. I've just been grounding myself.
0: You mentioned that you're planning on starting your own business. Do you hmm. you want to take, out, have man. the opportunity for a free plug?
1: Yeah, here you go, guys. Yeah. Um, no, so I have this beautiful desert rug from Turkey. And because I was living on the beach, I take it everywhere with me. Everyone loved it. But I for a whole year, I was just telling everyone where I got it from. And uh, I decided because I took it to the park. It's beautiful. If I had it, I'd show you. Um, but it's this beautiful Persian-Egyptian feel, like it's resilient. I can throw it in the wash. I can do whatever. My sales pitch isn't really going that well. But it's just something that I was like, okay, people love this. And I started to go, like, if I started to have these, would you want one? And everyone was like, yes, 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 yes. So I started a business where it's these beautiful desert rugs and I'm getting them from overseas and it's just – slowly kicking off i'm learning on the way how to be a a business person i'm going into business with all my really good friends two christian so shout out to christian and um yeah we're just gonna see where that goes and hopefully depending on what i do after the season i get to go to a couple of markets up in byron or somewhere as well and sell them there so you'll see them soon to social media awesome yeah they're beautiful Yeah, random, but I thought if I didn't have basketball, I needed to start doing something else, and that's when I started. It's niche. Yeah, it's like once you see them, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I want one of those. Like, they're awesome. People like picnics, everything. They're great. You can put them inside your house too.
2: Oh, and then I guess I can buy them for, like, Christmas presents for everyone
1: too. 100%. I would definitely – my plan was to give some away in WMBL as well, guys, so maybe, you know – if you're there, I'll just get it out of my boot. You know <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I want to get it out there.
0: <laughs> Do they make good wall hangings as well?
1: Yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. And the, like the thing about it is, is it's not – it looks like a rug, but it doesn't have that hard backing. It's for the desert. So the sand comes right off, and, yeah, they're just absolutely stunning. And I thought if I can have one of these, everyone deserves to have one.
0: Okay. Now, this is a completely unscripted question. Yes. It's one that I'm just going to throw at you. If you were going to be a movie character, <laughs> who would it be?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Why did Groot come into my head? <laughs> <laughs> Why did
2: that come into? It? Was that? That's all. It was the brownie
1: thing and being like this tree. Um, a movie character. Geez, that's a hard one. Let's see. How many Disney movies have I watched? <laughs> What does
0: everyone I, go for the Disney movies?
1: Because my lovely little daughter loves them, and it's just like, what one is most inspiring to her? Do you know, actually, I loved the grandma from Moana.
2: Oh, I was going to oh, yeah. ask if Opals watch Moana.
1: Yeah, and I loved the grandma because she was so wise and she was so like, she just knew. She just knew what was happening. She knew like the ancestors, like, she just and she had this love and she saw beyond that darkness. So I think that's kind of like me. I saw beyond those dark times in my life. I've seen beyond, you know, failures and everything. And I've seen what's happening in the future. So maybe that's me. Moana's grandma. who <laughs> becomes a steamer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Moana's grandma, you know, had a lot of trust in, you know, what she knew and yep. people around her and her spirituality. So yep. good answer, Bunts, good answer.
1: Yeah. Moana <laughs> no, is so underrated so underrated I know all the songs too
2: oh gra- excellent soundtrack as well
1: yeah yeah um like I'm not mad that I sing it with her oh, no. she doesn't really know all the words she just goes
2: ah.
1: <laughs> no I, confess that I like to belt out um how far I'll go in the castle. Oh, no, it's great isn't it It's so good I cried in Moana too. I cry, like, at the good parts in Disney movies. I'm like, that's just great. <laughs> when she died and came back as a stingray, I was like, oh, my God, I thought of my grandma, and I was like, I'm gone. <laughs>
0: so, Bunts, really, it's been great talking to you. It's great to catch up with you again too, you know. Yeah, you
1: too. Thank you.
0: We're definitely going to try and catch up with you again during the season because, uh, you know check in see how your journey's going how you're doing all the rest of it and you know either if we're allowed to go to canberra or when you're in sydney or something it'd be great to catch up with you as well thanks so much for your time yeah, really I appreciate it
1: no thank you
0: shooting the breeze can be found on apple podcasts google podcast spotify and iHeartRadio. radio don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends